0: You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections, the results we interview your favorite riders it's the always moto podcast we occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way if you don't like it or you don't agree with us turn it off right now i'd like to
1: remind you that he is not a doctor
0: That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is episode 55 of the Always Moto podcast. I'm your host, David Hogan, and we'll be joined during the show by the Always Moto contractor, Ben Gridley. As always, it seems to keep happening. I don't know where that paycheck goes, but it never reaches him. So, you know, he's still working for free. This is the Always Moto podcast. We are in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. As always on the show, we're going through things. All things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport, because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week, this week's show, we'll be covering super motocross from Seattle, the always moto fantasy league, the super motocross emergency department heading into the West Coast round at Glendale, which is a triple crown this week. And we'll have, uh, and we don't have a product inspection highlight this week. Actually, we're doing a bit of a shorter show this week because of Easter, uh, and I've been off uh, gallivanting around in Melbourne for Formula One in on the week off. So I had a bit of a different different uh different week this week and not as much time on my hands to get this podcast together with all the usual content so a little bit shorter show now thanks to the show sponsors polar australia Uh, And their incredible range of activity tracking, heart rate monitors uh, from the H10 chest strap to their top of the line GPS multi-sport watch, the Polar Grit X Pro. Thanks also to Slantboard Guy. Don't forget we've got that affiliate deal in place and Slantboard Guy has offered 10% discount for the Always Moto podcast listeners. So if you want to get your squats on point in the gym, improve your standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, this simple piece of equipment is for you. Use the code AlwaysMoto in lowercase at checkout to save. Uh, endurance recovery boots. If you want to maximize your training and get more of those squats done on your slant board, um, the endurance recovery boots are something you need to help you be recovered before each and every session. Uh, use the code ALWAYSMOTO at lowercase at checkout as well and that will help you save on the endurance recovery boots as well. They're a very nice product, those endurance recovery boots. Feel very nice, the pressure that they come uh, as they come onto your legs and they alternate through the different sections of the, of the boot. It's a nice little massage feeling that you can do at home and by yourself whilst watching TV. It's fantastic. All right, and Tech 167 3D Printing. If you need something cool for your bike, you should check out these guys. Even if it's just that funnel that fits straight into your bike uh, that has that threaded funnel that screws straight into the oil cap, It means no mess. It's a fantastic product, but they have a whole bunch of other stuff and they can design something for you direct if you contact them as well. So check out Tech 167 3D Printing, guys and girls. It's uh, worth looking at them. And also here's the special code that you've been listening, waiting to hear for. It's always moto at checkout. It's all lowercase as well. And that will help you save with those guys as well. As always, we need to show support direct. We have our Always Moto t-shirts available. They are $25 plus postage and handling. Show your support of the podcast and get a t-shirt to rock at the race. Email us at info at alwaysmoto.com. Put t-shirt order on the subject line and send us the size and we'll do the rest from there. It'll be a PayPal purchase. Now, the shirts are a smaller sizing. So please go a size or two up and you'll be happy with the size that you've purchased. If you want to show the support um, of the show and you're not necessarily after a t-shirt, but you want to help us stay here on the airwaves, send a donation to Always Moto Podcast via the PayPal account. The links are all for all of these sponsors and all of our links are all in the show notes uh, or on our bio on Instagram. So please check those out and they'll help us to help you bring more content to your listening ears. Enough with the intro talk. Let's get into the show with the contractor.
1: It's Lorenzo Locurcio, you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. Lorenzo Locurcio aquí, estamos en el Always Moto podcast. Escúchalo.
0: Alright, we're rolling into the show. We've got some general talk coming up here. Welcome to the show, contractor. How you doing, Benny?
2: Alright, how are you?
0: Good mate. How was your week off? I've, i feel like it was a long week off, at least it was for me. But um what you get up to in your week off?
2: Uh, I did a lot of nothing really, uh, just <laughs> just relaxed on the weekend. I think, but uh, you had a big weekend, so I did. I was you at, did all right. I was
0: at Formula One um, in Melbourne, which was pretty cool. First time for me at, at Formula One, and uh, funny enough, we've had a show here recently called, you know, uh, how many red flags in uh, in Supercross, you know, has it been? And there was three in one race at, at Formula One on the weekend. I didn't know what was going on. So interesting, uh, interesting weekend for me.
2: Yeah, you definitely got the uh, got your money's worth out of that start grid uh, seat that you had.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing that I found actually really interesting, and it's one of those things that I'm interested in, like the details of how you know the equipment goes together and stuff, but we are sitting there watching the Ferraris, and I don't know if i I'd mentioned this to you or the photo I sent you at one point, if you saw it, but the Ferraris were doing up the um, axle nuts before the first start, and this bloke pulls out this torque wrench, and fair dinkum, it's two meters long, and it's got to be about a coke can in diameter. The thing must have been twenty grand in in uh, in torque wrench. It was insane how big it was to torque up the the wheel nut on the on the Ferrari.
2: Yeah, no, they got some big ones, and I think uh, I think the supercars have got the same sort of size too. So, uh, yeah, the boys have to be in the gym to lift them, I reckon.
0: Oh, he was throwing this thing. This thing must have been made out of like titanium or something because he was flinging this thing around like there was nothing else. But it was just insane how big it was. And obviously it's all, you know, polished up there. But yeah, it was um just interesting to see those sorts of details and obviously all the, you know, the rigs they roll out onto the grid for their, their air compressors that are, you know, all portable and... They bring out a full-on toolbox, and yeah, just insane the dollars in this in, the, in that place that was on the grid at that point in time. So it was pretty cool. But we got Supercross this weekend to finally talk about, which is awesome. Uh, Glendale, which is going to be a, a triple crown, which will be sweet. Uh, should be always brings about some good racing. So I'm looking forward to this one.
2: Yeah, now the triple crowns always bring out uh, bring out exciting racing, and uh, when you've got you know three races, three things, three times, you know, you can get a bad start in one and have a good start in two or whatever and then it uh that with everyone and uh keeps the keeps the points close and then the you know, the third race you just got to go for it and hopefully uh come out with a win or a podium at least.
0: Yeah, it's um it always brings some decent racing. It, it's People always say that they don't like it, or the riders don't like it, but it's entertainment value for sure. So you gotta you gotta be into the into the triple crown, especially at Glendale, which has the biggest floor space I think for any of the the venues that, that Supercross visits. And looking at the track map that we've you know, popped in the notes for the tonight's show, it's looking like a pretty big track compared to what we've had you know in the other stadiums so far this this year.
2: Yeah, it's got a nice big, uh, nice big start straight. So uh, we'll see if Kevin Morans can redo his uh, nice hole shot he got, and maybe not fall off a few corners later, <laughs> and maybe get a bit better position.
0: He got uh, he got a little bit uh, whiskey into that corner, I reckon. So <laughs> he was he was gunning pretty hard to stay in front of Chase there for that little bit that he did. But yeah, well done Morans on getting that hole shot and the lap lead. Uh, that was pretty awesome too
2: yeah he just needs you know just needs a few more of those and he might get some more confidence and um, might have a you know might have a better race but this uh triple crowns it always helps if you're a good starter too so mm. um, we'll see the you know the good starters up front and we might even uh, see AC sneak on a podium at one stage we'll hope. <laughs>
0: Ah, says the ac super fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> no bias there in that comment at all <laughs> well on talking about results and stuff from some past history I, I noticed something that uh clinton fowler from fowler's facts shared today and it was via that supercross i think it was supercross live page uh just something between tomac and webb about their good versus their bad results that um they've had here in glendale in the past, and tommac has got a crazy good uh, performances here in the past versus Webb having absolute dog shit by the looks of it for results at Glendale. So could be interesting to see if that history plays out again here for this round for the two of them. And obviously they're coming in tied this weekend in points with the lead. Will they go that same way that they have in the past of the history from the stats that have showed? And that would indicate that Tomac's coming out with a win by the looks of it for this weekend.
2: Yeah, it would, and we know what he's like in the triple crowns, um, and especially you know since he switched to the Yamaha, his starts have been ten times better than what they were in the Kawasaki. So uh, it's yeah, it's hard to go against him for the win.
0: Mm, yeah, no, that stats was just a bit bit eye opening when I when I was reading through those things in terms of like laps led, podiums, wins, all that sort of stuff. He was just he just crazy good. It looked like um, at, at Glendale, so we'll have to see if that plays out again. Now, let's just go back a little bit, back into the time machine, back that two weeks, back to that last race at Seattle. A couple of things we wanted to quickly touch on before we jump into our fantasy talk later in the show here. Um, obviously, there was two sort of main crash moments that uh, have come about that everyone's probably talked about already in those things last week, but we thought we'd quickly touch on them. Obviously, another Chase Sexton moment into the into the history books from, from leading to, to crashing out, or not crashing out, but crashing and losing the decent result again. But this one was a spectacular one. I'm not sure anybody but Sexton can crash in such a such a manner. Us us lay people just sort of crash and you know just lay down. You know, but Chase not Chase. He manages to go over the bars on a straight straightaway.
2: Yeah, it's it's not a matter of if it's when. Now, uh, it's just you could nearly put your house on it that it's going to happen, and yeah, on a straight. Uh, straight bit of track he just yeah goes over the bars
0: <laughs> it was so bizarre but you watch that watch it back and obviously he puts the front in a you know loses the front and in, in straight into the base of the of that little roller before the corner and that's obviously what flips him over but how he got there in the, that situation, he's just so committed to that corner and no matter what happened beforehand, like he, you see he got a little twitch and then he, he's still pushing the front and he still just goes for that rut and he had no business to do that and the tyre was already past its limit. Limit. There was no way he was ever going to make it. He, he just didn't bail out of it. He should have just straightened it up and run a wider line for that corner for that one lap and he would have saved it all. But no, in Chase Sexton fashion, he just pushes harder and – the front's never going to hold that line
2: no that's right and you know it's just like I said it's at a point now where it's it's not uh, if it's when and it's just got to be you know for him I can't even imagine what he's uh what he's thinking you know he, he's been doing pretty well with the media and that but it's surely got to be getting to a point where it's really starting to agitate him now I would think
0: you would think so, and yeah, it can't be good for his psyche. We've talked about this a few shows now, and yeah, it's it's got to be playing on his mind, but uh, another one that's had a, a, another interesting crash, you know, he's had a few spectacular crashes in years past, but this one was just a bit of an interesting racing situation with, with Cameron McAdoo and Jet Lawrence coming together in the heat race, and McAdoo sort of doing a jump that maybe he should have pulled out of when he saw where Jet was going to, but he'd stayed committed to it, and managed to almost climb onto the back of Lawrence in that rhythm section there in Seattle and they both went down. Um, Just a bit of a a silly racing incident, I I think, in my books, watching that one.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's a crash where both of them could be on your emergency department list or like the both of them walk away from it with, you know, maybe a bit of soreness and some bruises and stuff, but... Yeah, I don't know. In the moment, you know, you think McAdoo, he's got a split decision to make and I think, you know, he just ran with it. Whether Jet did move or didn't move, um, I can't really tell from the footage I've seen, but they came together and, yeah, both spectacularly fell off and that's, you know, again, another big social media talking point. You know, one of the Lawrence brothers is, you know, cross-jumped, well, the cross-jump comments came back up, you know, because he got up and, you know, put the hands up at McAdoo for it. But, uh, yeah, it's just another one of those things to get everyone uh, talking.
0: You know, you mentioned something interesting there, we haven't got this in the notes, but you made me think about it right now, and it sort of pisses me off. It's almost the Dave's diatribe episode here. But the whole cross-jumping thing, now I know what cross-jumping is, right, but if you watch these young races in supercross and even when they're practicing not one of them jumps straight ever they're always crossing from one side of the track to another in some sort of you know whip scrub whatever you want to call it but none of them go down a rhythm lane in a straight line it hasn't happened for about 10 years now
2: no and i think i can't remember who was the heat or was the main but I think Styles was in front of Jet and he was, you know, sort of crossing him when they were coming up to jumps and stuff like that. So you're right. They don't just go, you know, they don't just pick a line. They just, they're all over the place.
0: Mm. And I think that comes down to, it's come up on lots of different, um, you know, media outlets. They talk about this all the time about they don't have the same race craft because of all this, um, uh what do you call it the um you know the training facilities where they just ride laps and go for sprint laps and all that sort of thing all the time and they don't do it with 10 other guys on the track at once on top of them they do it all spaced out you know with 10 you know a couple second intervals between each rider so there's nobody next to them so they can do those stupid zigzags to get the you know the bike as low as it can be down the rhythm lane and that just doesn't translate to a race like this and that's yeah, you just <laughs> you hit a nerve when you talked about that because I've been noticing that more and more that these guys are just riding in a zigzag down a rhythm lane, and but then they talk, oh, but he cross jumped me. But every single one of you is cross jumping. It's just a matter of if the guy's close enough to get hit you or not. You know, it's their techniques are, are just a bit shit house with their racecraft.
2: Yeah, that's right, and I think they just need to, you know, once they step up to the, you know, up to the four fifties, they'll only do that once and something will happen and that'll don't you know they'll straighten themselves out then after that
0: yeah hopefully but there is a point in time where all the experienced heads are going to be moving out of that class and the class will be filled with all these younger you know Z line rhythm riders into the class all the same thing and will that just sort of that you know race knowledge disappear. It'd be interesting to see how this all plays out once we have like the Tomac and, and the Barsha and all those sorts of guys that are at that sort of thirty ish range disappear in the retirement because we'll have a whole bunch of new guys in that 450 class in the next sort of three years. And yeah, will they all be just Zed Z lining it down a down a rhythm lane? We'll have to wait and see. All right. Let's um let's shuffle Shuffle into the uh, Fantasy League, the Always Motor Fantasy League talk for this week's round. Now, uh, Seattle was a fantastic round for me. I'd like to get back up on my my podium and and gloat over you, Benny. We were talking the last podcast that uh, you had me for two weeks in a row there, but what are we now? I think I'm eight eight and two for the season for you, mate.
2: Yeah, we knew it was going to come crashing down at... uh... (laughs) At one point, but, yeah, I got uh, very unlucky, actually. <laughs> so uh, it could have been pretty good, but, it uh, yeah, it wasn't.
0: Yeah, not not the weekend you'd, you'd hoped for, and I actually wasn't really even paying attention to the last weekend, so I'm even more impressed with myself that I kicked your ass, so pretty good. Um, let's quickly make a couple of housekeeping notes here. Uh, we had our winner who was seventh at, rounds, at, uh, at the last week's round for Seattle, um, and he's been in touch, but... Again, we had to chase him down because he hadn't emailed us at fantasy at alwaysmoto.com to be eligible for the prize trade-off so that we could contact them direct. Um, So we've had to do that again. Don't like it, guys and girls. Get those emails to us. Send us your pulp ID and your Instagram ID. Or if you don't have an Instagram, just send us an email so that we know that it's you with your name uh, and your pulp ID so we can link up who that is when you get that position uh, and we can then get you that prize quick and easily. Now, even though that they've contacted us, um and we've responded to them about sizes and you know all the things that needs to occur they haven't got back to us so that prize is still in limbo and that prize was those bolt everywhere motocross gloves which is awesome uh which we popped up that image on our instagram so we've got a couple of different colors and whatnot but uh at this stage that person hasn't got back to us so we might be repurposing that prize at this point we'll see how that communication goes but yeah so main point get your emails in uh and second point uh the always moto fantasy league chat that we've got going on instagram if you want to jump in it you got to message myself uh at always moto or you've got to message benny uh at grino 22 to get yourself added to that chat there's a lot of chit chat going on a lot of uh, memes a lot of crash videos uh and on race day a lot of fancy talk that goes on in there um about the teams and who's good and who's not so it's worth being in that chat isn't it benny
2: yeah no there's some good stuff in there and uh some people in there that know, uh, you know, know what they're talking about. More with the um, the Oz Pro Max and stuff like that. We've got a few guys that know a few people that you know that I don't know. And um, so when they put some things in there, I learned some, you know, learn some information. So uh, yeah, no, it's good being in there, and I'm glad that we um, we started it because uh, yeah, it's become a pretty good thing on race day.
0: Yeah, the race days is a nice little chit-chat thing because obviously a lot of us you know, here in Australia we are all watching it at home um, a lot of times in the early morning, um, laying in bed sort of thing uh, and nobody to really talk to there and then. But, yeah, the chat, the chat starts, you know, pinging off its head, uh, which is awesome to sort of, you know, feel a bit more engaged with a few people whilst, whilst the races are on. So, yeah, get involved with it. If you want to join the chat, send us a message and we'll, um, we'll add you to the group. Now, Seattle picks, mate, that you had. Uh, have you got them up? Are you ready to go for those?
2: I sure am.
0: All right, run through that uh lousy team that you had in Seattle, mate.
2: Uh, so Jet got me 26 points, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, now Pierce Brown got me 28 points, and we had a bit of a talk about him in the, the week before. But uh, considering that I think he was dead last in the first turn. Uh, to get 28 points, there is you know, I can't remember what position that was, but that was decent. Uh, that was a decent result for him, so I'm not uh, I'm not going to throw any hate that way. Uh, my old mate Jerry,
1: you picked Jerry. <laughs> he,
2: oh my god! I, I I picked Jerry, and he was in. He was in, and his teammate punted him. Uh, there was that three was an of those,
0: couple of uh, <laughs> laps there that they they were sort of sequencing. Did you see them over the finish line too? I, I felt like there was a bit of hate going on there.
2: Yeah, there was a. He was a. What's uh, I Can't think of teammate's mate name now. But uh, yeah, he was he was not happy. He was you know sort of throwing the back tire at and his front tire and uh, yeah, I don't think he was too happy with that. But you know, it's the. Uh, that last chance qualifier and and basically anything goes, I guess. But I'd like to know, uh, you know, there's always going to be one of them that missed out. But when it comes down to a pass like that, I'd like to know uh, what the team manager thinks of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so you got zero for Jerry. Who was your fourth in the 250s?
2: And so Mitchell Harrison, which Mm -hmm. is the other teammate. He only got me 11 points. Ah, so he was he 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 was up. He did have double points. He was up there, and I think he must have fallen off late in the race. Uh, and yeah, that's that's all we got. We got eleven.
0: Yeah, right. Well, look, I had similar to you to start with for that two fifty team. So I had Jet as well. I had Pierce as well, but I had Robbie Wageman that got me thirty four, and I had Hunter Yoda that got me thirty two. So I was not too bad at that point for the two fifty riders. So what about the four fifty team? Did they do you dirty as well?
2: Well, I had cheese, and he got me 28 points. Yep. Uh, Freddie Noren giving me those good points again at uh, 42. Uh, Christian Craig, now, same thing as uh, Pierce Brown. I think he went down early and had to make it all the way back through the pack. Um, Would have been a lot better, I think, if he didn't fall off. But, um, yeah, 21 points from him. And after that heat race, you know, it's too late then to the sorry the LCQ. It's too late then to change your picks. But I should have known after that crash by Cade Clayson and how that uh, how his main event was going to go. But ten points is all I got from him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that's that's it. Yeah,
0: that's a that's a rough team there. Yeah, okay so
2: wow. 100 and
0: 152 points so yeah, yeah not great not, not the greatest weekend well look I had Ken Roxon who didn't max out on, on the all star he got 23 I had Josh Hill for 30 I had Cincerulo for 30 and I had Justin Hill for 30 so not a massive team point score I got 225 all up but again a consistent sort of 200 plus number so I'm I'm happy with it at this stage so we're doing okay now in the total runs, so uh, just to, just to keep everybody abreast of where we're at between the two of us here, uh, I'm running 2,525, five, uh, and after that shocker of a weekend for Benny, I've gapped him a little bit. He's now two thousand three hundred thirty three. So I'm not I'm about a hundred and what's that ninety something points uh, in front of him. So I feel like I'm I'm I've got it. you know feeling confident again. So yeah, looking good.
2: That's no, all right at least uh, I know you don't care too much about it but at least I'm in front in the uh, the RM fantasy' we'll, I'll, I'll keep that one
0: yeah you can have it I don't really care <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is what it is now uh, on the league side of things uh, for our overall um, lasagna forever is uh, currently leading our league uh, he's got a nice little oh, ten point lead over ratmo for twenty so Those guys have uh, gotten a bit out there. They're 2,600 points, uh, which is really, really good for those guys. Um, And I'm still not too bad. I'm actually pretty happy with my overall so far this year. I'm in 23rd, um, which is good. But uh, I have to keep scrolling and then I even have to go to the next page before I find the contractor. And uh, where is it? Uh, uh, Oh, there it is. It's uh, 59th, mate. You're not doing so well in the overall in the league, buddy.
2: Yeah, so I was 47th after, uh, what was it, three weeks ago, I was 47th, and then, uh, yeah, last week didn't help, so um, it's all right, we'll we'll claw back again, and we've still got some races to go, and then we start motocross, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Well, look, this week, obviously, being Glendale, we don't have a team to pick as such, because you're going to know who those riders are that are in the main events because it's a triple crown. So check back on the uh, Always Moto Instagram stories uh, closer to lockout because we'll have our teams up then so you'll see who we're picking and it might help you pick or change or do something different from us. to get up in the league. Uh, And then, look, the other thing we've got to talk about this week, uh, we've got another random prize this week for round 12. It's going to be the Goat Brand MX knee brace socks. So we're going to have a pair of socks up for grabs. Now, Benny, you need to give me... A uh, number between two and twenty-two, and that will be our random position for the prize for this week. So, pick a number, mate. What will it be?
2: Well, you said just before um, before we started the podcast that we'd had what seven and eight already.
0: No, no, we had fifth and seventh.
2: Fifth and seventh. So, I was going to go ninth. You know, AC, ninth. But mm-hmm. I think I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to go Chad Reid, 22. You're
0: going to go 22? We're going to go way down the field. All right, let's do it. 22 uh, yeah. this week yep. yeah, will be the winner of the random prize position. So that's actually a pretty good spot because it will give a lot of the midfield runners a um, you know pretty pretty good shot at that position. So let's see what happens. Now, no no taking another dive, mate, trying to win the prize, all right, this week? Don't <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, there needs to be more of an effort if I'm uh, going to take a dive just to try and <laughs> get to 22.
0: Oh, yeah. I need to do
2: a little bit better than, uh, yeah, a little bit better than what I did last week.
0: Yeah, look, we'll see how it works out. But look, that'll be that'll be our position. So 20 seconds. So watch out for the, uh, the post probably tomorrow where we'll pop up that prize and the confirmation. Um, and to get your tips in. So check that out on our Instagram uh, posts there. Uh, and look, a big thanks to the Fantasy League sponsors that have been doing awesome um, providing the, the prizes and we'll have more for the end of the Supercross overall, we'll have first, second and third. Uh, and that's, that's the guys from Coastal Motorcycle Centre, Goat Brand MX, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia and Bolt everywhere. Thank you very much for the support of the Fantasy League guys. All right, Uh, let's wrap it up there uh, with a fantasy talk. We'll be uh, back after a short break.
3: Hey, guys, it's Matt Moss here. We're tuning in with Always Moto's podcast. All
0: right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto podcast episode 55. Let's jump into the emergency department. The emergency department, all the injuries, all the gory details, and when they'll be back on track. It's the list you really don't want to be on. I say it all the time. You don't want to be on this list at all if you can help it, but unfortunately, hashtag injuries are a part of moto. And it seems to be the case again this week after Seattle, uh, a, a couple more injuries added to the list, and we uh, have lost you know a few more riders heading into the Glendale round. Now, uh, some things to note from from last week. Mumford was back on that PC bike uh, for the first time for his ride. He did quite well considering he's had a very rough Uh, end of 2022, beginning of 2023 with injuries. He had that wrist injury. He had that calf tear, but he looked really good. He looked solid. He might not have had the complete fitness to run the whole 15 plus one, which I kind of expected, but he, he did surprise me still. His result was good. Uh, and he looked like he was racy during the day in terms of one-lap speed. So things might be looking up for Carson here if he can manage to keep things together and not and avoid a further injury. Uh, but so far, it looks like those injuries are recovered and things are looking up for Carson Mumford, which is nice to see. A little update on Dylan Fernandes. He will be about three weeks into that three-week concussion rehab that he spoke about just before the Seattle round. Uh, he did mention in that too that he would probably take about six weeks to return from that uh, secondary or that concussion that happened uh, earlier in the season was, and then had that uh, press day crash in Daytona. So he's probably about time to be seeing some more images of him maybe coming back to the bike here in a week or so. Uh, and whether we see him on the Supercross track again this year or not, I'm not really sure on that one. I've got a feeling now that he had that second issue with the Daytona crash, that he's going to just be waiting around until the motocross series kicks off. And that's obviously more important for him to be there in that series because he's probably more likely to be getting podiums and getting those big bonus checks from those, you know, results in the outdoors. And he has shown so far in Supercross. So it would make sense for him to be trying to make sure he's fully recovered in time for that. And if that means that he sits out a little bit longer here, that so be it. But because he will, he was already scored a fair few points. So for in terms of qualifying for Super Motocross he should already be you know easily into that top 20 range but uh have to see he might make a comeback for it we he might not we will we'll have to keep a bit more of a monitor on it again we've mentioned this before but his him and his team are a little bit slack on giving those details out until right before the events so we won't see anything from there at this stage now one that'll be fitting into that same team because it's Star Racing Yamaha styles robinson had a big one at seattle in that main event he was leading and then he got caught and passed by jet and unfortunately went down on the exit of those whoops he seemed to smack his right shoulder on the ground and initially when i watched that i looked like he might have had an ac joint um, sprain or or even maybe just some bruising to the shoulder joint itself but then the only information that we've had since then has been the team press release that comes out that evening and said that styles was fine now that's all well and good when he's waving his arm around, maybe somewhat gingerly post-race, but once the adrenaline wears off, things can change midweek, and we haven't heard anything since. Styles is very quiet on social media in, in general, but especially in the last few weeks, he hasn't really had anything up since his podium uh, position that he got way back when in Anaheim 2, I think it was. So he's been very quiet on that front. So we're not sure if anything's happening there with Styles. I suspect he'll be good enough to race Glendale, uh, but we don't know any difference at this stage. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Again, you might not know until race day with the Star Racing and Styles team, uh, Styles, Styles there, because he just doesn't put anything out on social media and the team is not very good on that side of things either when it comes to injury updates. Uh, Dylan Walsh is one that uh, unfortunately had a major injury in Seattle. And I'm quite surprised that he didn't cause a red flag in terms of the position that he was in on the track uh, during that race. He was at the end of that sand section or partway through that sand section in the middle or sort of the inside, which was more so the race line at that stage of the event. The race line became more of the outside of that sand section in the main events. But in those earlier races, it was more that inside line. He was right on that and they had this Alpine Star medical crew there treating him as well and they had multiple yellow flaggers around him trying to protect him. I was surprised that that didn't cause a red flag. But anyway, we've spoken with Dylan. Unfortunately, he did had a tibia fracture uh, and he had a... Uh, had surgery pretty much immediately in Seattle that night and had a rod inserted in his tibia to stabilize it, which is the usual process for those tibia fractures where they are a mid-shaft or, you know, direct bone through not just a little crack here or there, but those major, you know, complete breaks of a tibia, that's the usual process to have a rod inserted. Now, that's usually a three to five-month process pending the initial surgery recovery, whether there's no infections and, and that, it, you know, the pain levels are managed Well, it's usually about three to five months. There is the option to take that rod out at that point as well, uh, but then that also then requires a further six weeks on top of that to have the recovery. So depending on what Dylan's rest of his season is looking like in terms of what events he wants to try and get back for as to whether he will take those sorts of options or whether he will leave the rod in the leg and you know hope that nothing goes wrong with that in the future because obviously there's a risk with the rod being in there. If you have another fracture to that leg that that rod might actually bend or break, Bend is a bad one. It's an immediate surgery required because that rod is then holding that leg in an altered position, and you know can alter blood flow, can restrict blood flow, cause tissue death, etc. Uh, but it also, if it breaks, then it's another sh- sharp object inside that could cut arteries, veins, etc. So, uh, look, these guys. I spoke about it with. I actually speak about it a little bit with uh, Justin Rodbell in this next interview. You'll hear later in the podcast, but. These pro guys don't tend to have the same time as you know the regular man to have these plates and screws and rods removed after an injury because they have to get back to racing to make some more money. So they don't tend to take that path and they sometimes leave these things in and then they can cause other issues down the track. You've, we've all heard things like Jerry Robbins' plate in his hand, uh, the screws coming loose this season and causing him to miss a few races. Um, you know, Other people have other issues that then need secondary work year or two or more down the track because of something that's been left in the repair a previous injury because they didn't have time to take it out because they needed to get back to racing so we'll have to see what dylan wants to do there in a few months time when he's got that recovery going but at this stage we won't be seeing him back until mid to late outdoors at this stage depending on if he's complaining to compete in the u.s or not further for the rest of 2023 Ty Freehill, um, privateer Yamaha rider and tree. Oh, I'm going to say this poorly here. Sorry, Torrey, um, Fierro, um, number one, five, eight on privateer Kawasaki. They had an unfortunate landing on each other issue in Seattle in the LCQ. Ty managed to, and we've spoken to Ty. He's managed to collapse a left lung, bruise his left shoulder and left hip. And he's got a fractured left pinky, uh, It's unclear at this stage, but when I spoke to Ty, which was not long after the event at Seattle, he was hoping to try and ride at Glendale. Now, I haven't been able to confirm that at this stage. We're waiting on a message back from Ty. Uh, It'd be surprising if he did. That collapsed lung is going to create a whole lot of problems for him to try and ride. He's going to be short of breath. He may even puncture it again just from the pressure of him taking deep breaths. Uh, So that would be a concern, but... Guys have ridden with worse things. So I <laughs> have to wait and see how he goes. Uh, we'll see if he gets back to us. We might provide an additional update on our Instagram socials pages there in, in the next day or so. Uh, but at this stage, I would suspect Ty is not racing Glendale. Now, Trey, uh, he had a concussion as part of that injury. He's already seems to be passing his concussion protocol, which is great, uh, and he's racing uh, Glendale this weekend. So he's he will be back Um, unfortunately for for Ty he won't be now with Ty's injuries too he will most most likely if he can't race this Glendale round I think he wanted to do it because it was sort of like a a home round or he had family or friends or something in the area that was really he wanted to obviously be in front of if he doesn't race that one I dare say he's out for the rest of the season now, Julian Bennick number 500. We posted this video on our social. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, unfortunately, he had a run-in with one of the other riders uh, and managed to go uh, sort of over the berm as such and break a thumb, which is very unfortunate. It's a four to six-week uh, recovery time frame for this one. It's only a small little chip right off one of the bones of his thumbs, right down near a joint line. Now, it's nothing major. You're not going to get surgery for this one, unfortunately, because it's so small. Uh, But it's still just going to take four to six weeks to recovery and it's going to be unfortunately a bit painful, a bit restrictive. Um, But yeah, he'll be recovered just fine in about four to six weeks. Probably given that time frame too, he's most likely going to miss the rest of the Supercross. Uh, Maybe make it back for one or two rounds, but have to wait and see again on how that initial recovery goes and if the bone knits together well straight away or not. Lots of factors in these recoveries. You can't just say four to six weeks, stamp it. There's so many factors that affect how that recovery time frame goes. So I'm a little bit cautious to begin with, but once things start progressing, you can start getting a bit firmer as to when, if they're going to the normal recovery plan or not. So that's when we can start saying yes, it's six weeks or whatever. But when it's the very first week or two, you've got to be a bit cautious on what your time frame is that we're talking about for, you, for these riders at this stage. Now making returns this week for Glendale. Uh, not really anyone, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, well, actually, sorry, there will probably be Colt Nichols. I've missed him on my list at this stage, but I've just remembered that he will probably most likely be back this weekend. He'll be recovered from that concussion from Daytona. Uh, he's been back riding on the bike as per some interviews I've heard with other people on uh, Pulp when Justin Bogle was talking about it. Um, well done to the Pulp guys. They put out some great content too, by the way. And obviously, if you're listening to them, you probably, if you're listening to me, you're probably listening to them. So you probably heard that aspect of it. But yeah, they, I love their content. It's, it's fantastic, but... Yeah, so Colt should be back this weekend. That'd be awesome to see him back on that HRC Honda. He's got to try and put some results in on these last few rounds to see if he can get something tied up for the rest of the year and for the next season as well. So interesting how that goes. Now, Aussie Matt Moss is going to be back at Glendale. Now, everyone thought that that little thumb tweak that he had at Oakland kept him out of Seattle, and that was not the case. We spoke to Mossy. Uh, and he just had some family commitments and other, uh, other Aussie commitments for races and stuff that he'd sort of made to some local sponsors that were, you know, covering the, the, the cost of those things in the week or so, um, just the last two weeks. So he, he, you know, wanted to do those, but he will be at Glendale and he's back in the States already. He's back with his uh, Barak Suzuki team there. So look for Mossy to have a good race this weekend. I think he'll be on for a, a solid one this time around. So keep an eye out for Mossy. But that that is, um, that is all we have this week for um, the emergency department at this stage. Like we said, a little bit of a shorter show this week. We're keeping details tight. Uh, we'll, we'll expand on some things, obviously, after next week because we're going to have a few more guys hopefully returning for the East Coast round at Atlanta following this week's race in Glendale. Uh, so we'll have to see how that all pays out when we get some more information after Glendale's done. So we might have a bigger section in next week's pod show. Now, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be back with our interview. Now, we we have checked in with Justin Rodbell on this week's uh, injury check-in. Justin, unfortunately, had that big Achilles injury, uh, complete rupture of his Achilles tendon back at the end of November 2022, which has meant that he has basically had to miss all of Supercross this year. He is back on the bike, as you'll hear in this interview, only once or twice uh, and not on a race bike as yet. But that is coming here very soon. And he's hoping to be back ready to go for round one of the outdoors at Hangtown. So fingers crossed that you can get all that sorted and ticked off. But it's good to hear from Justin. It's been a while that we haven't seen him or heard from him. So nice to have him on the on the Always Moto podcast. So uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with that interview.
3: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Scott Mesche, number 411. And you're listening to the Always Moto podcast.
0: All right, guys and girls, joining us this week on the Always Moto podcast, he's been uh, MIA from the Supercross this year due to injury, but hopefully we'll be seeing him back and about uh, very shortly. It's Justin Rodberl. Thanks for your time, Justin.
3: What's up, man? I'm pumped to be on the show. It's uh, It's been a while since I've talked to anyone, really. I've just been kind of laying low, hanging out, um, doing some things with, you know, training, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, I gather the, the injury obviously enforced some of that, and you probably just had the chance to step away a little while and just reset on everything.
3: Yeah, it's uh, one of those – I actually ruptured my Achilles, so it's one of those injuries that's going to take or – it's been about four and a half, five months now. Um, but I would say I'm about at 75%, 74%. i am still loading, <laughs> still getting there, but day by day. Um, but now i'm actually like back into the full swing of training. Um i'm on the bike. Well i rode two, two days now but uh i'm back at it so.
0: Well that's a good start. It's yeah. Good to ride. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing man. It's good that you're back on the bike but it's an interesting injury. It's not something we usually see too often in in moto. How did you manage to tear your Achilles?
3: Yeah, so i was riding supercross. Um it was my first No, second week, so I had second or third week of like starting my boot camp for the season in November, it was the end of November, Um, and I was supposed to be ready in January, so I was really hitting it hard, training, and it was like, we were riding on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving on a Thursday, Yeah. so I was packed to like go see, Thanksgiving in, in America is huge. Yep. You know, in Australia no one even cares right? <laughs> exactly. yeah exactly yeah it's yeah no i get it <laughs> um but here we we like celebrated so we were going to see family that next day so i had, like my snowboard loaded up because we we're going to the mountains to my girlfriend's family so I had everything loaded up in the van but a dirt bike golf club snowboard gonna have a weekend and uh man i went out for my moto and there was like a triple. It was like a single triple triple and i can actually send you a video of the rhythm tomorrow yeah nice to maybe show to show because i go to the track every day and work with the uh, kids at south of the border but I, so in that pocket of the triple so when i went single triple seat bounce and then st- stood up to go triple yep i landed on my t- i was standing on my toes and to me it felt like my heel hit the face of the jump and i was in the corner. i like fell in the corner. i like landed the jump perfect tripled landed like in the air i was like what in the you you know (laughs) um so so i land and i'm like no pressure on that foot fall over in the corner and i'm like my achilles My i like knew exactly
0: what it was yeah that's the thing most people know straight away because it's like they they, most people describe it as getting shot in the heel
3: yeah, man, it was like my, uh, c- can you
0: hear me? Yeah, definitely, yep, go keep going.
3: Um, It was like my heel, like, er, my calf muscle, I don't even know how to explain it, the back of my heel muscle, the, heel, the muscle on the back of my heel, my Achilles, was up at the top of my calf, like,
1: Eesh, the yep. bottom of my
3: calf, so there was like mush back in there, like, I was... I don't know if you know, but a guy named Michael Visor, good unknown fo- photographer, he was there that day, and he, like he came back, and I was back in my bike room, took my butt boot off, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Dude, look!" Like I grabbed the back of my foot, and it was just mush. And he's like, "That don't look good." Yeah. So I, I knew right away. It was one of those things that was like I didn't even, I didn't even have to get a MRI to get surgery like the doctor felt my foot
1: we had surgery the next day
0: yeah it's pretty obvious mostly with a full rupture it's it's really obvious to a surgeon who does this all the time so yeah i'm not surprised you didn't need a scan
3: yeah so it was just one of those things man i was like but i didn't wreck i didn't like i didn't do i wasn't i was riding on the balls of my feet so in the realm of things like was i i wasn't i was riding correctly yeah um so it was just one of those things. Um, I actually spoke with Freezy, Vince Freezy. I don't know if you know, but he did the same thing. No, I don't know if any a lot of people know
0: that. Not very. It's been quiet on Freezy, but everyone sort of mentioned that he had an Achilles injury, yeah. but nobody's sort of been able to confirm if he yeah. fully ruptured it or not. So, so yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm not gonna speak for the guy, but I spoke to him, and he did. He told me he looked at my, he saw my injury, and then. He did his in a rhythm that same day, and he's like, "Dude, I don't know how I did it. I was riding correctly."
1: Yeah,
3: it's just, it's one of those things that, man. I think I personally think we're riding. Uh, maybe not me, but like you're riding the four uh, the the G force is what it was. My Achilles just couldn't withstand that G force of the rhythm.
0: You know what I mean? Well, it's one of those things. Like you're on the ball of the foot. If you are maybe just another couple of millimeters back on that onto your toes more than more than say the ball of <laughs> yeah. your foot that could make the difference and mm-hmm. and like you said the g-force are huge at that point and that load in from a triple that's a big 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 amount of force going through you and even just as simple as did you, you said you might have bumped your, your heel on the ground as you went through like you might have compressed all the way yeah, down no no
3: that's what that's what it felt like oh I'm sure like the sensation of all my heel like when it when it popped i didn't understand like that i ruptured it at the time but it felt like like my heel hit the face of the jump is what i'm like yeah okay like i broke my heel in a way like what the heck yeah it was all known and but then i kind of figured out once I got back to my room and like my bike room is south of the border and, like my my foot didn't work. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> obvious that one.
0: I, I think um I think when we posted about that back in oh, December, whenever that was, that we put up a thing for yourself. A couple of people hit me up and go, "How do you know that you've torn your Achilles?" And I put up a little simple video to like back to them, and I said, "You just squeeze here, and if nothing happens down there, that's how you know." And they're like, "Oh, okay, sure." <laughs> and it's as that simple, eh? Yeah. Like y- you can see it, you can grab your calf, and you can pull, squeeze it, and nothing happens at the bottom. Your foot doesn't move, so yeah, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible injury, really, like, it's pretty, pretty important area.
3: Yeah, because your calf is really, used, like, I mean, I've gotten my full, like, movement back of my foot, which is great, because, like, um, I know it's still a muscle, but, like, and on top of that, man, the surgery, post-surgery, mm-hmm. I've never had surgery in my life, so I don't know what it's like to have surgery, Um, but, on a bone, but, Oh my god! When they attach that muscle back together, and I'm laying in that bed for like three weeks, mm-hmm. my foot elevated, it and it's the muscle just yanking on it because it's just attached and it's all tight. Like yep. They just made it even tighter. Like that is one of the gnarliest um, pains I think I had to deal with. But now I'm
1: doing I'm doing a lot better. But <laughs>
0: it was a it was a gnarly injury. Yeah, the first month to sort of two for that is is not comfortable because it's so bound up. It doesn't want to stretch back out and relax because it's obviously torn. And, yeah, it's real uncomfortable for yeah. you. So, look, glad that you've got out the other side of that and things are going well. How how does it feel when you're on the bike now? Can you actually, like, feel it stretch when, you you know, you're on your balls with your feet again? Are you comfortable to go to that position now?
3: Yeah, I'm pretty good. Like, yeah. I'm, like I said, about 70. Like, I'm not doing jumps to flat just to be safe. But I'm doing all the, like, I rode a real track, I'm doing all the jumps, I feel good, and, like, most of it, um, I'm just kind of playing it safe for a few weeks, and then once I get, like, okay, like, I'm not not really, I don't even notice this thing anymore, um, I will hit it hard.
1: Yeah,
0: sure.
3: But obviously, I'm back early, like, I shouldn't even be on a dirt bike or a dirt bike track with jumps. Well, that's, that's a
0: question for you, too, because... Yeah. That's an interesting question because I would think these are, like for normal sports, like we're talking, you know, your soccers, your footballs, your NFLs, NRLs, whatever, whichever country you're listening in, those sorts of, you know, contact sports, it's like nine months or longer that they're, they're out with this injury. Oh. You're, pretty, you're pretty quick coming back at sort of that five-month mark, so that's that's impressive in itself. But, yeah, also potentially a little, like obviously a different scenario, you're just standing in one spot on the pegs and just having your heels go up and down a little bit. Yeah you're not creating that same force to to propel yourself in a sprint, but you're getting the G-forces landing from the jumps too. So it's early.
3: Yeah, it's one of those things like I did. I mean, I'll speak about this. Like I thought about getting stem cells um, because that's like a pretty good um, healing process for this injury, but it wasn't in the budget. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, um, you know, I just kind of like, did regular rehab every single day, iced it, like ice baths every single day, inflammation is so gnarly, and then just kind of, I've been working at uh, at South of the Border as a trainer with like, you know, sometimes we have up to like 60 kids, Mm -hmm. you know, most days we have around 30, so I'm on my feet from, usually it's like 9.30 to 3 every day, standing up just out there training kids. Which I love, but uh, it was like probably the best recovery I could have got. You know what I mean?
0: Just probably like, tough to begin with, but it was probably good for you.
3: It. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible at first, but <laughs> 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 I was still in a boot. Like yeah. I was out there training the kids in the mud in a boot. Yeah. It, it, uh, it came around, so.
0: Oh, ah, cool. Well, so, like, all that behind you now, hopefully things are moving forward. What are the plans for you, you know, with the races? Are we going to see you back at some point this year in an AMA National? Or what's the what's on the horizon for you? How do you think this is going to play out?
3: Um, so, I'm going to continue training and working hard, obviously. I've been, I don't know, working hard off the bike, so I'm not too bad out of shape. Um my plan is to be at round one at Hangtown. Okay. I, I mean I probably won't be, you know, hundred and ten percent. yep, I'll be there I wanna be I need to get a two digit number for next year, um, because I didn't get any points in Supercross. Yes. So that's kinda like my main goal <laughs> is to get like maximum points this summer and so I've been working unlike I was at a point sorry to keep ranting, but like I was at a point when I got injured, man, I was probably the best I've ever felt on a dirt bike, um, and I know people say that, but like, literally, I I still haven't had a whole season on a good dirt bike, and that's not to talk bad about any other team or person I've ever rode a dirt bike for. Mm. I appreciate it, and I, I love the opportunity, but now that I've rode a good dirt bike, um, I think my results will show, and and I rode a good dirt bike. I like Bud's Creek, and like I've ran top ten a lot of that mo- those motos, and I know that's my home track. Unadilla, you know, I rode a good bike, but it wasn't. We didn't have the gearing dialed. But Bud's Creek was good, and then I was off of it after that. But, um, so, yeah, that's that's about where I'm at. I'm just ready to get out there, <laughs> which well, sounds crazy, but i am
1: been itching
0: for a while. No, I can understand it. Like, as soon as you're off for any length of time, you need to get back, and you've got to set yourself something to make you push to be ready by that point. And, look, outdoor, like, the round one might be a tiny bit early in terms of being ready and fit and, you know, comfortable on the bike, but, yeah, shit, you got to have something to go for.
3: Yeah, I mean, even if you're, I'm not, like, 110% ready, I'll... Like, there's only one way to get better. <laughs>
0: so yeah, exactly. Laps up, on laps better. on laps. So, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, that's... F- whatever. Um, I got some good people helping. So, it'll be a good season, I
1: I believe.
0: So, what what are you going to be on? Because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at your Instagram page just for some, uh, some you know, if there's any other questions to pop along. And there's a lot of two-stroke stuff on here, mate. What's happening there? We, we're not riding a two-stroke at the Nationals, I'm assuming.
3: Good. There's a dealer um, in Maryland where I'm from, Ellicott City, that helps me out, and I got a two stroke from them because man, those things are just—they just put a smile on your face when you ride like, one. They do, you know, yeah. Like it just has, yeah, like that, and especially that—that that bike is so good. Um, I would never race it against a four fifty because it's like not fair. Like I need that power. Mm-hmm. But like it's just so
1: fun to ride, so I just have it. <laughs> Fair
0: enough. So what what are we racing when we turn up at Hangtown? What are we What are we going to be on? I'll be on a Husky four hundred and fifty. Nice. Okay. So
3: yeah, that'll be fine. I'll have plenty of power. Um, but yeah, I'll just be on a Husky four hundred and fifty with Enzo suspension, um, and then I'm working out some motor details right now but that's
0: about it. It's an HGS pipe. Yeah, cool. Look, uh, hopefully it all works out and it gets together for you pretty nicely and you can have a, a strong outdoor season. Like, you usually do get some pr- pretty good results. It, you just got to uh, probably have to build into it and yeah. maybe see mid-season sort of thing, but getting back to where you should be.
3: Yeah, no, I'm like, when I rode, man, I actually like, I was ripping. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I have not left. fell off pace. It's just, and like we did, I've done, like I rode, I know this sounds crazy, but I was just like, all right, let's rock it. I'm going to just do a 25, 30 minute moto um, with the guys and my pace is, a, it's not like the guys I'm riding with, they're not pros, but they're like amateurs, A class. And they're, I was right with them and I'm like, okay, I feel fine. Like, no,
1: good sign so um, far.
3: Yeah. So it'll be a good summer. I think it's just, I just have to continue to work hard. Um, and then what? I've never really had a plan, go- good plan, going into the summer. You, like last summer was, I can. This is crazy. I don't think anyone's ever even done this. But I raced. I showed up to a national. Or I raced a Kawasaki round one, and then that that team wanted me to go to Canada to race, but I didn't have the COVID vaccine, and I didn't want to get it, so um, I stayed in America because mm-hmm. across the borders you had to get it. Yep. So I stayed in America. Ended up. There's this team called the Bud Builders. Um, they bought me a Husky Thursday. I put s- suspension and graphics on it Friday. Um, there was no time to ride it. Uh, so I just rode it, raced the thing Saturday at Hangtown, round two, and got 20 at the first moto.
0: <laughs> I do remember a simp- something <laughs> about that you doing that, and that did seem a bit bizarre, yeah, but you well, did pretty well on it, so it mustn't have been all that bad. Yeah.
3: Oh, those bikes are really good and that's when i noticed i was like dude these huskies are they're next level how good they are like i'm sure there's those factory bikes are good but um i've rode some bikes out there that are pretty bad so
0: yeah well you so you you rode three bike brands last year didn't you you had that little in with with hep as well
3: yeah and uh i'm very thankful for that that was cool um uh but I, I like
0: yeah, it would be nice just to ride one bike all season, but I'm assuming.
3: Yeah. But that came into the, like, so just at that round, they were like, Hey, would you like to race the last two? And I was like, I actually kind of cut ties with the bud builders at Bud's Creek. Cause I was just like, man, I'm doing a lot of my own stuff on my own. These are all my bikes. They had provided one race bike and I had two practice bikes of my own. Mm. Um, So I had some good people helping me, and I was just like, it was just to the point where I was just like, I'm better off on my own, no offense. And uh, and then we, I went to, I raced at uh, Buds Creek and did really well. And then they were like, okay, Saturday, Saturday, even before the race started, they were like, all right, you're going to race the final two. So I kind of went in thinking, like, fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I got a ride. That's pretty cool. um, and then flew out to Cali that Sunday, like, straight after the race, and rode all her those two weeks, which is really cool, just to get to, you know, just kind of live that kind of life that's different than yeah. the life I live, where I do it all myself, come back, work out, do all my bike work, um, so, it was cool, uh, and I appreciate those guys, their bike was good, dang fast, and it was good, but, um... Yeah, as you can see, they moved on to bigger and better things. Mm. <laughs> they, they, they
0: have it a bit. Had a bit of a change of tact. They have so yeah, things are things are looking up yeah, at just, their point for for different reasons. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, no, I just,
1: it's a
0: laugh, but uh, yeah, man, it's all good. Now, being in a uh, being an Aussie pos- podcast, we we know that you've been out here before yeah. and raced. Um, any chance we're seeing you back here anytime soon for some uh, either some supercross or some nationals or anything like that? Like it was, you obviously did reasonably well while you were out here, and you've done a lot more since then. But uh, yeah, just wondering if you ever come back here again.
3: I'd love to. Um, my ban is up, so I'm good. So all the teams know that, right? We can like broadcast
0: that. <laughs> your, your ban is up. Broadway Hold on a up. second. You, you got yeah. it was a tax thing or something, wasn't it?
1: All right, yeah. Can I like tell a story
0: here? Can go I for like, it, man. This is this you. is where we have this platform all for us to hear random shit. So, all
3: right, this is I, this has never even been told. So, rewind twenty nineteen.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I fly to Austra- I get a one way ticket to Australia for this KSF Suzuki thing I saw on Instagram. I don't know anyone in Australia. I don't even know who I'm meeting to fly there. <clears throat> I'm like messaging this page. I'm like, yo, like. And so I see Kyle Fisher, this big ass dude <laughs> at the Sydney airport. Yep. And Scott. And dude, they're like the best people ever. Like, they're some of the best people I ever met. Kane, that whole family. Like, um, but then so I ended up staying there for like a month for that, like, tryout. And mm-hmm. then I just, like, halfway through the month i bought a ticket back because i was like i don't know if they didn't tell me if i won or not and then like kyle's like dude don't buy a ticket home and i'm like bro you're not like what if i don't win and my yeah. ticket goes up like i'm flying out tomorrow like what are you talking about and he's like like he just like he shook his head at me so and then they like told me that <laughs> later that day and i was like oh shit so i won the <laughs> ride yep. um which was originally like a hundred thousand dollars or something which I get they spent a lot of money on me that year just to even go racing costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then they on top of that, they fed me. I lived with them. So on top of like, they like took Kane which taking me riding. We were doing our best, man. We were working hard like every day. We'd go ri- we go three, four days a week. I go riding um, and I didn't have a car. So they would take me riding like I live in their house. They fed me, took me in like their own. I lived there for probably three four months at a time and I was coming back on a uh I was on like a visitor's visa vacation visa I yep call it, three yep month one. so I was just like dipping every three months and then <laughs> so this is how it gets funny I was so at like the end of the outdoor season Mel Ross blew, blew out his knee I was hanging out with Dylan Wood um and then Chris, I think it's Chris Dylan Wood, and then Chris Woods, right? The uh, KTM guy, Mm -hmm. right? Raceline Performance.
1: Yep, correct.
3: Yeah, he was like, "Yo, what do you what do you think about riding KTM?" So I'm riding this Suzuki. No offense, Suzuki dude. (laughs) Let's be honest. I'm out on this supercross track. I'm riding this thing, and I hop on Dylan's KTM, and I'm like, "Dude, second lap, I'm like busting out quads." Yeah, this is this is better. He says, "Yeah." i'm like this is a ferrari yeah (laughs) so i tell chris woods i'm like you put me on that thing i'm gonna be dangerous like yes Um, And i'm like 18 dude i'm kind of like cocky yeah Um, i was just like like, living living life so uh, he gives me a a sprinter van and two practice bikes and i just get after it and i start training 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 and then well before all this me and the Kane fisher the the owner, the owner, Scott and Kyle, his son, yep. he was my mechanic, and we booked, like, a trip to Bali, and I, we did it, like, the right time, it was my birthday, and then I had to leave for, like, a week just to renew my visa. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I had a, instead of going to America, I was like, I'm gonna just go to Bali. So, I go to Bali, renew my visa, well, I come back in to Australia, Atlanta, I come back, like, three days earlier than everyone, because... Uh, we had Supercross coming up, and I was like, I can't be over there for, like, three weeks. Like, mm-hmm. That's kind of bad. I need to come back after, like, at least five days of having fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I come back, and uh, uh I get, go through security, and they're like, hey, Mr. Oddbell, we have a few questions. <laughs> so Uh-oh. I only have, like, a backpack. Mind you, like, all my stuff is still over in Australia. I don't know who has it, but if it's in the trash or I have a road bike a lot of a lot of stuff but yeah right back to the story so then they're, like, they're like yo mr Rod- i just had a backpack because so i just went over there for a few days to the beach and i was like all i need is board shorts t-shirt yeah I'm good that's it yeah um so i come back and they're like yo mr rodbell come here oh can we uh what are you doing i'm like oh, i'm coming back i uh ride dirt bikes just travel around they're like oh how do you pay for this and i'm like well, um fortunate enough, my family has enough money, and they just give me a credit card. Like, you know, it's illegal to have someone else's credit card. I'm like, oh no, it's my name on it. Mm. Here, so check it out, and everything's good. They're like, oh, can we uh see your phone? And I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I didn't think I was hiding anything. Yeah, exactly. So, dude, they go straight to my messages and like find pictures of me riding a dirt bike and they're like oh so what are you doing here and i'm like oh just riding they're like, oh so you do it to make money and i'm like no and they're like so then they go into my messages and find where ksf suzuki had paid me like 500 aud but i guess i can go into it they were they are paying me through freaking paypal so we were just like
0: you know oh yeah the government. yep dodge <laughs> the tax part of it don't work, don't pay the government nothing and yeah it all works until you get caught apparently so yeah
1: yeah
3: well yeah but uh I, I didn't get all the money and it's whatever so back to the story there was no money to be found in my accounts they're like where's the money i'm like there's no money dude I'm like i'm not making much money at all i'm just here for the fun of it mm-hmm. so uh they ended up canceling my visa because I was a professional sporting. Yeah. On a professional sporting visa, so I got banned for two years. Um, I've done my two years, so I'm cleared now. And unless they were to, like, I still have to get cleared for one. You know what I mean? Which I guess is hard because you're you're already banned
0: once. There. Yeah, you'll have to right. fill it. Tick that know. box that says I was previously banned, and yeah, explain <laughs> the situation. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was I was a bad guy,
0: man. Sorry. Yeah, one one time or another I did it something a, dumb, yep.
3: <laughs> I was a young kid, man, sorry, I'm still young, but I just didn't know honestly, straight up. But uh Yeah, that's the whole story and then So yeah, I came back and started working and started racing here and that's kinda That's where we're at been
0: since so, so but you are you are available. So how long ago did this two year band run out for you? Is it is it recent? Would've been last I year, I guess.
3: Raced, like, I guess I could've came and yeah, I could've came and raced the Supercross, like some of them. Um, but I just, I didn't really have anything together to go do that, or I mm. didn't really know. It. I, I don't know. I just, I'd have to. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah, well, look. It, 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 obviously, okay. this year's stuff is all starting to sort of probably be spoken about for Supercross at the end of the year in Australia because ours is always late in the year. So yeah, maybe the there's Wilsley. something there tell for watch you. Watch out, mother! Tell
1: Wilsley, watch out, motherfucker! I'm not <laughs>
0: Husky. I'll have to tag him in the post now to so he can, so he gets alerted to this, and you he can, he can listen for himself straight straight firsthand.
3: Uh, uh, He's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you, cunt! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i like the australian <laughs> spin on that you tried to put on the on the guns <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that's no, awesome oh look man well look it's good that you're getting back on the bike it's funny to hear about the ban you know it's all yeah it's funny but it's not funny it's obviously a serious situation but it is funny that no, it's yeah, happened no, and it's, it's over funny. now at so at this point it is
3: yeah it's not something it's not something i really care about it's Part yeah like right
0: exactly yeah so, so look situations you, you, that
1: you, you just live and learn
0: yeah and you probably tick a different box on the application next time so yeah it's all good but look hopefully we see you back like you said at that round one for the outdoors and and hopefully fit and healthy and and can stay that way for the year and maybe even an australian supercross down the track um all the world supercross they're coming here too so why not but um yeah look appreciate your time justin thanks for the storytelling and uh hopefully we see you on track soon talking to you i appreciate you this is Derek kelly and you're listening to the always metal podcast all right guys and girls we are back thanks for listening to that interview there with justin rodbell and we hope to see him back here very very soon now that's all we have for this very short show unfortunately that's how it's going to be this round or this week with the always motor podcast but thanks for listening now if you haven't already noticed we are dropping some of our segments of the podcast as videos chopped up on youtube please check those out subscribe to our youtube page would be much appreciated uh we're getting some good views over there at this stage just when we've only just really started out with it but please check them out uh, and subscribe to the youtube channel we're going to be bringing some different content there here very very soon Uh, Now, don't forget to send us your T-shirt orders to info at alwaysmoto.com. Follow us on our social medias to stay up to date with all things injury and moto. Search alwaysmoto and then follow and subscribe. If you haven't already, just subscribe to the podcast feed. It'll make your life a lot simpler. And if your podcast app allows, leave us a rating. So stop it right now. Go and leave it. Leave us a rating and it'll be perfect. Thank you. In advanced. Don't forget that you can check out all of our written articles over at fullnoise.com.au and soon to have some additional content showing up on our new website coming here very, very soon, alwaysmoto.com. But that's it for another show. Thanks to Polar Australia, Slantboard Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots, and Tech 1673D Printing for the show support. Thanks to the Fantasy League sponsors for the league support and the prizes, Coastal Motorcycle Centre, Goat Brand MX, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia ringmaster images helltech australia and bolt everywhere thanks to the always motor contractor thanks to you guys and girls out there for listening and remember you need to be smooth to be fast because if you're not you'll probably be seeing me deep in the emergency department maybe even the clinic having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick